0: 5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Mac. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. DMX, right,
1: oh, not doing do well, Ben. Not doing well. There's a lot of other people doing. Uh, I, I got a question: How well some other people are doing today?
2: Some people are partying is, up around here.
1: <laughs> it's uh, a, it's too a lot of rosiness. Uh, big breaking news day. Big show to get to to talk about it. Uh, let's hit the breaking news, Ben. We got a lot
0: of it here. Breaking. This Justin.
3: Breaking news. His-
0: this is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Wait. Johnson. Oh,
1: well, thank you, Mr. Announcer. Where do you want to start, Ben? Because there is three. I have three big things as breaking news here. Where would you like to start?
2: I would say save the best for last.
1: Well, I don't know what you consider to be the best say for Save the last. worst for last. Oh. Is, <laughs> well, okay. So we'll do it in order of uh, kind of like... Most recent to uh, latest. Does that make sense? Or not? Most recent to the oldest. I get sense, it. Yeah? I got it. I think yeah, most you of the listeners me. get it. Yes, I hope they do. All right. So uh, r- about an hour ago was announced the Jets and Panthers have struck a deal, uh, and uh, Sam Darnold is going to Carolina. All we've heard about Sam Darnold is he has no quarterback. Or excuse me, he has no offensive line uh, to play. By. he He'll have no offensive line. They'll just be in teal this time. That was a Dimitri Ravano's tweet. I like that it. That was pretty funny. That's clever. That was pretty good. Do you have the cowherd cut? Cowherd, uh, who rarely appears on anything outside of his radio show for the multi, multi-million multi dollars that they paid him on, uh, pay him at Fox, he was so giddy he went to uh, put, a, put a video on his Twitter account. Uh, we got that ready to go, Ben? This is what Cowherd says about the move.
4: Great news. Sam Darnold officially to the Carolina Panthers. The Jets get three picks. This is what I've been talking about and predicting for the last week. Listen, Carolina has an aggressive owner. He's not gonna sit there with a boring team. So now Darnold finally gets a really bright young NFL coach, star running back, couple of nice pieces offensively. They're rebuilding the defense. It's a rebuilding team but he will now be in a division where Drew Brees retired, Brady's getting older, Falcons in due time off Matt Ryan. This is a fair chance for Darnold to redeem himself. The Jets, GM gone, Adam Gase-Mass, multiple coaches, horrible O-line, no running game, nobody outside of an Andrew Luck, who I've always said, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, are higher-end prospects, almost prodigies compared to Sam Darnold. But now he's got a fighting chance. He's 23, coachable, tough, gamer, relatable, alpha, home run for Sam Darnold, an aggressive owner who will go after free agents. They'll have cap space. They're going to rebuild this offense. And I trust Matt Rule a lot more than I do Adam Gase.
1: Yeah, I know we're all under the same tent here, Ben, but. Sort of certain fondness for the sound of one's voice,
2: right? <laughs> well, he brings up aggressive owner, star running back, and rebuilding defense positives, but that's what the Cowboys have been doing for the last four years, and he <laughs> dogs him any chance he gets. So, I mean, come on, <laughs> cowherd. Let's be consistent here.
1: Uh, the Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers for a 21 sixth round pick, second of fourth round picks in the 22 draft. Uh, yeah, you didn't give up a lot to get him, right?
4: And, and all, indication,
1: all indications are they're going to exercise the fifth-year option on his rookie deal. Look, this is what this tells me, Ben. Uh, obviously, the Jets are going to go with the quarterback. Certainly, their prerogative. They've got a fresh start in New York with the new head coach. Um, you've got now two quarterbacks who have been starters in the NFL on your roster if you're the Panthers, right? Right, right. Two possession Teddy. Or what did our guy call
2: him? Two what possession it, uh, Teddy. You got it. Two possessions Teddy. Make it makes sense, no sense. I love it.
1: It's funny. It's just funny. So you got three and out Teddy. And you got uh, Sam Darnold with a fresh start. Who I think he hasn't been labeled a bust because the situation's been so bad in New York. With the offensive line and, and an idiot for a head coach. and I mean, the list goes on and on. So in my mind. This is not a bit because you've got both quarterbacks for two more years now and that you're exercising the option. This means that the kid from Oregon who's the left tackle, if the Panthers don't draft him in the first round, that is an enormous mistake in my estimation. Yeah. Especially you, in light of this move.
2: You don't in want light to tie him in the first round. You don't want to tie in, it in the, the it, first round.
1: In light of this move, if you don't go draft the left tackle, the kid from Oregon, you, this is a dumb move. This move makes no sense then.
2: I mean, this guy, he obviously needs some protection. He was seeing ghosts last year. He was getting hit so bad. Call him Casper. I mean, hey, look, you got to get that left tackle. We, we've desperately needed one for a decade now.
1: Well, then, and then they did the uh, the franchise tag on who? Who'd they do that on with the uh, Panthers? The other, other
2: tackle? Taylor Moten.
1: So there you go, Ben. You've got your tackles. you got your cornerstones in the build. I'm positive about the build, the build for Carolina. You give these two guys a couple years to work it out at quarterback. If they don't, What are you out after two years? You've not spent a ton of money. You're going to have cap room. I like the move. Uh, It was announced and first reported by our guy CL Brown today for the News and Observer that Hubert Davis is going to be the new head coach for the UNC Tar Heels. I'm sure you've heard that by now. Uh, I am overwhelmingly surprised in a way how well this is being received by Tar Heel fans. And look, Duke fans and State fans, they're excited about this too. This is a great unknown. I'm serious. This is a great. Look, if, if if they had gotten Jay Wright, you know what you're getting with Jay Wright. Yeah, exactly. The guy who's won two national championships. You know what you're getting with Mark Few, a guy who's going to win a national championship, I firmly believe, tonight. I do, too. And has already got two of the best players in the country in the recruiting class for next year coming into Gonzaga. You've got, uh, with, with Brad Stevens, you've got one of the best basketball minds there is out there. We're going to get Brian Geisinger on. He's reporting today that they actually interviewed the Ohio State head coach at some point uh, here. Maybe it was this morning or over the weekend, but still, uh, doesn't matter. Hubert Davis is the guy. It's been reported. Hubert's made the video. This is a big time deal now for NC State. If I'm NC State and Kevin Keats, this is what you've been waiting for
2: in a way. Sounds like Vittorio fans are delusional. Like that, UNC is a, is a and basketball is a global brand. You didn't you don't think they could have gotten somebody bigger, like a bigger name, like the the ones you previously mentioned. Instead we settle for an assistant. A guy that's been an assistant for the last ten years.
1: Uh, I'm a little surprised that it did it happened the way it did from the standpoint of when they brought Hubert Davis in, the word started to circulate, and I, and there's been a lot made today about Doug Gottlieb kind of forecasting this and it was couched in a way it was a report. And old Roy got all fired up about it. And then David Glenn, speaking of guys that like to hear their own voice, ambushed uh, Gottlieb on the air. And Look, I'm no Gottlieb guy. But, I mean, you know, we we had that kind of run its course and and run through as far as David Glenn saying, I I will bet a million dollars, because I have it, that uh, Hubert Davis will not be the uh, next head coach. Now, he was talking about, in the time frame, Gottlieb was... Godley was saying in the con- in, in the context of in the next year, this was around sixteen or seventeen. Obviously, it didn't happen. Heels won the seventeen title, and that's where some of that scuttlebutt started. Uh, from the, I just am surprised because everything I had heard is that MJ his heiress was involved, which means you've got money for the buyout for one of these name guys, and he understands that you need somebody who's going to run some stuff and run a program that's appealing to guys who want to be pros. And I think that you will get some of that with Hubert Davis. It's just, that's a tough assignment if you've never had any head coaching experience. I am put in a still, bad
2: situation with the way the roster's looking. And,
1: well, yeah, and look, I feel, look, I, I, I don't want them to win because I'm not a Tar Heel fan. I'd love it if they lost every game. But I'll say this, I think Hubert Davis is in a terrible position. I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm surprised the happy face that's being put on, on this. Just, this. This just sort of shocked me. As it started to happen this afternoon. But I mean, it's been, it's apparently overwhelmingly well received. And I get every hire is going to be a risk, but still, this is just, this is kind of crazy to me. All right, we got a lot to get to here. Let me get to the third little piece of breaking news from about midday today. The NCAA, this is according according to d1baseball.com and uh, Kendall with them, the NCAA is predetermining regional and super regional sites for baseball. So they're receiving the bids by next week. So by next Monday, the bids have to go in. They're going to announce the bids in May, but I'm sure the bids will get announced ahead of time. The reason they're doing this is so they can plan plenty of time out to COVID proof, create the bubble, make sure everything's up to snuff to COVID protect these uh, regional sites. If you're going to do this. Why not just go down and play it at Disney or go play it in, in Florida and the spring break parks down there and, and play at the spring break parks and facilities out in Arizona for the West Coast teams? I mean, why not just do that? But, I mean, a year where ECU could get to the Super Regional, and, th- you know, look, this is not to say their bid won't get accepted, but, I mean, you got to look at the type of people that you're going up against in this bid process, and it's predetermined. So, I mean, the Pirates could be a top eight seed it would be all for naught. And look, I'm sure ECU is going to field a competitive bid. We've got calls in to find out exactly what's going on. But, I mean, this has to be terribly shocking news. Now, we got Cliff Godwin on the show, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Coach Godwin does uh, interviews with us various times. This was from this morning, so we talked a lot about last week. This news came out about three hours after we talked to Cliff Godwin. So, we'll, we'll try to get some kind of a, official comment there. I, I can kind of imagine what Coach is going to say because you've got to win games to get to Omaha. But... You know, certainly I, I feel like the Pirates will get a regional site still. It's that super regional, especially if you've earned it as a top eight seed. That's what's going to stink. If that doesn't play out, and who knows, it might. but that's I, You're basically, it's going to the highest bidder. Wild stuff, man. Wild stuff. Uh, more on that as we uh, continue on. Bill, uh, ben, we've got a Twitter poll up.
2: Oh, yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. All right, what do you got? We asked who's less likely to succeed, Sam Darnold in Carolina or Hubert Davis with UNC. This poll has already been back and forth. Leading with 54.5% of the votes is Hubert Davis with UNC, followed by Sam Darnold in Carolina with 45.5% of the votes. All right,
1: that's the 24-hour poll. We'll bring you the final results tomorrow. Continue to vote all day uh, and into the night and all day tomorrow. All right, uh, we'll break. We come back. Brian Geisinger on this shocking news. Plus, we have a national championship game tonight. We didn't even get to that. Uh, what a finish, the uh, Gonzaga-UCLA. Great game. And the old man here, Ben, stayed up and watched it. I was paying for it Sunday. I'm but, uh, proud what of a you. Gr- yeah, uh, no boomer here. What a great game it was. Uh, I'm going to say I, you're I really partying was, up. I, I don't know about that. And, and look, I, I thought Houston, Baylor made them look bad. Houston did not look good on uh, Saturday night. That was kind of a tough blow for the league. But look, we get that money. So that's the good news. All right. Uh, Brian Geisinger on the Nash, uh, national championship game and the hiring of Hubert Davis at UNC. Cliff Godwin will go inside the ECU clubhouse later in the hour. All ahead.
0: When preparing breakfast, it's important
4: that you have quality ingredients. That includes fresh eggs, bacon or sausage, and most importantly, Clay products on, on the drive to work,
0: Patrick Johnson on the drive home, and the best sports programming in eastern North Carolina.
4: Oh, that really sounds magnificent.
0: Right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The The Game Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94-3, the game.
1: Reports coming from the News and Observer. Uh, Really everybody else now. Hubert Davis will be the next UNC men's basketball head coach. Replacing Roy Williams, who retired on Thursday... Uh, Roy Williams, uh, we were uh, not on the air that day. We were uh, having baseball on preempticus, but uh, that obviously shocked a lot of people. Let's bring in Brian Geisinger from accsports.com. Boy, this to me is kind of uh, surprising. The Tar Heels uh, moving kind of fast on this, didn't they? Oh boy! Um, I mean, they, they said it. They
3: said
1: it was. They said it was going to.
3: Right. And uh, they said they weren't going to work with an outside firm. You know, this was going to be kept in the, the family and kept in on campus. And it interestingly enough, I mean, obviously UNC cast a pretty wide net in the search process, but so many, uh, so many of the candidates were local, right? Like, you know, Huber Davis is right there. Wes Miller is in, uh, you know, is in Greensboro. Um, so it's sort of interesting the way some of these things could happen, but they said they were going to move quickly. And, um, and then reports earlier today seem to indicate by the end of the week at the absolute latest. And then throughout the course on Monday, um, really not that long after it looks like UNC interviewed Chris Holtman from Ohio state for the job. Hmm. Um, it it
1: seems like, uh, yeah, things started to really accelerate, uh, on Monday though. So reports, uh, you, you were, you were talking about the guy at Ohio state, uh, reports earlier, uh, were, uh, hubert but also steve robinson who coached at florida yeah. state at one time has yeah. been on a couple of roy williams staffs kansas most recently unc uh stackhouse jerry stackhouse from kinston king rice and of course i guess Wes miller in the mix this does not sound like a search that beyond maybe uh, an extension towards jay wright's direction saying well are you interested because, I mean, I, I I was told, well, Brad Stevens has a contract in waiting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things out there. And, I mean, this is why you never, and thus you could vet it out, really report any of it. But this just seems like a long way from even guys that are in the tree, the Roy Williams tree or Carolina tree, that are even current head coaches.
3: Yeah, it, it does seem like, uh, based off some reporting, that, you know brad stevens and mark pugh of gonzaga like there was some contact but jay Wright, like like you mentioned but uh and i think ultimately this came down to you know this is bubba cunningham's decision this is the university's decision but roy had a say in this and according to what everyone's been saying you know hubert was was the roy's favorite to be a successor and and look man like hubert checks a lot of boxes he's been in the there for almost a full decade um, he's coached the JV program, he's helped out with their recruiting, he played for four years, Dean Smith was an all-ACC player, he scored uh, over 1,600 career points at UNC, played in the NBA for a decade, yeah. worked mm-hmm. in TV, so it's like he's, he's touched them all, you know, I mean, he really has sort of like done a lot of different things. And he, perhaps he's in the mold of... Uh, what well, we've seen, uh, you know, Michigan do with Jawan Howard. That's maybe a little bit different because Jawan Howard went from being an, an NBA assistant coach to going back to his alma mater in Michigan to be the head coach. But, you know, here was the guy that played for a decade plus in the NBA and now has a decade of experience, uh, coaching in the ACC and getting to, you know, learn from guys like Roy Williams and Steve Robinson, two veterans of the game. So, um, yeah, it's like, I, 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 I think he's, I think he can be up for the job. We'll see. It just – it is interesting because this is a huge position, man. Um, and for a guy that has, you know, no head coaching experience at, uh, at the major D1 level, this is going to be a, a, a big effort, a big ask. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful for Hubert. Uh, I, you know, it, it seems like there were a lot of people around this decision that wanted this to happen, and you got to assume that those people um, – have have the best interest of the the human being involved in this, the university involved in this. And I,
1: I, yeah, I'll just be curious to see if, in fact, Uh, This plays out and how it works out actually. Brian Geisinger accsports.com is with us here a couple more things to ask you here Uh, there was some reporting that Michael Jordan wanted to be a heavy influencer in this and felt like that the coaching search should extend beyond the family just because he felt like that they needed to give themselves the opportunity to get the best coach possible for what's considered the best job college basketball job in the country okay so Roy Williams wins out on this is that what I mean this, Roy's apparently a power broker, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for a guy
3: like that uh spent the last two decades at UNC, won a bunch of titles, uh put a lot of sweat equity into that program, a lot of his heart both to that program over decades and decades of of work as an assistant and then a head coach um and a student there. Yeah, I mean I'm not surprised that uh that Roy Williams had had a big say. Um you know, in this process. And it probably shouldn't be too surprising if that's the case that a guy that's been one of his, you know, top lieutenants the last decade, uh, you know, is, is the guy that's going to end up being the one who, who takes over the program from him. So um, not surprised to see Roy has a big say in this. And, but I do think ultimately like this was Bubba Cunningham's decision, right? Like I don't think right. Roy made this call, um, but certainly, um, It seems like he was a a voice in the room, and perhaps he wasn't the only one.
1: Brian Geisinger, uh, appreciate him joining us here, accsports.com. What does this mean for Bubba Cunningham? Because this seems like a very, I mean, look, brought Mac Brown back into the fold, donor base like that, but UNC is not a football school. He seemed to have made a right hire for women's basketball. He got them through the NCAA investigation, but this is the make-or-break thing now. All that will be forgotten if this doesn't work for Bubba Cunningham.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is everything. Uh, You know, the, the Mac Brown hire, which was mocked in a lot of places, has turned out to be great. And I think there's a lot of stuff that Bubba would point to to say, look how complete my resume is, both with what they've uh, done from, from a fundraising perspective, what they've done holding things together amidst the pandemic, um, what they've done building up and changing Keenan Stadium, et cetera. But ultimately, this is like what I'll be judged on, right? Like basketball is king in this state. Basketball is king at UNC. Uh, it is. This is arguably the most important job uh, in college basketball. It's one of the most important and glamorous coaching jobs in the country. And fair or not, certainly the first line of, of how when people talk about Bubba Cunningham is probably going to be how this. Yeah. Um, how this works out, right? You know, it won't tell the full story, but it'll probably be the lead uh, for what, however his tenure is thought of as, as athletic director over one of the premier athletic departments.
1: Brian Geisiger, accsports.com, Sports Channel 8. Could you see this happening at uh, Carolina, potentially Kansas, Duke? Of course, Kansas hired Roy Williams, who was an assistant for Dean Smith. But, I mean, this is not something that a... Uh, you know, one of the blue bloods does necessarily in in that they hire, they want to usually hire somebody at least has some head coaching experience.
3: Not that odd. No. I mean, again, he, this is a guy that checks a lot of the boxes. fits the culture played at UNC played for Dean was a great player, was an assistant coach. You know, I don't know how much you want to count his JV head coaching experience. And technically, <laughs> technically that's head coaching experience, right? But, but I think it checks it checks a, enough of the other boxes, right? There, like, there wasn't an obvious Roy Williams sort of replace, like, like Roy Williams in two thousand three, <clears throat> where there wasn't some sort of like obvious replacement, right? Yeah, you got to find the best person, and and it seems like they did their due diligence. It's Probably something they've been thinking about with Huber for years and years now, not just. Since last Thursday, and um, and he checked enough of the boxes that even if there wasn't a perfect fit, this guy was probably if you were itemizing everything out, listing things out, and saying realistically, if we can't get you know big name X Y and Z, who, who are the people that are in who that we know if we offer this to, they're going to take the job, and perhaps that's the case. Hubert with his experience in, in being part of the family, like that was um, that was a, enough to, to get him the job.
1: It is uh, accsports.com and Sports Channel 8's Brian Geisinger, a real hoops guy. He knows a lot about basketball. Uh, the big news today, Hubert Davis hired on as Roy Williams' successor. Kind of uh, a lot of interesting stuff to go, a lot of interesting places to go with there. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll discuss more throughout the, uh, the week here. Hey, I want to uh, turn our attention. We got a great, I think a great national championship game tonight, uh, Brian. Uh, did UCLA maybe expose some weaknesses of the zags that Baylor could take advantage of tonight potentially in other words did, did we see some things that maybe aren't so bulletproof about Gonzaga based on the other night not necessarily um mostly because I mean it's crazy UCLA played like
3: they shot the hell out of the basketball in that game right like <laughs> they went 8 and 17 yeah. on threes yeah. they were 17 of 25 on mid-range twos, which is just like a ridiculous number in terms of volume and efficiency. And even then, even with all of that, Gonzaga still won. You now, it took like a you know, miracle, bank, last-second, you know, historical, all-time shot from Jalen Suggs for that to happen. But for me, the point it drove home through was like just how big Gonzaga's margin for error is. Like you have a, a Pac-12 team that has two NBA prospects on its roster and Johnny Juzang. And, uh, and Jaime Jaquez Jr. And, like, they shot better than they could have possibly anticipated, right? Like, just on fire shooting the basketball in this game. Incredible shot making. Even then, Gonzaga was still able to outlast and, and outscore them. Um, if it showed me anything sort of as far as, like, weaknesses go, I mean, look, Jalen Suggs is the real deal. I don't mean, think he has a chance to be a, a franchise-level guard in the NBA. But, you know, Johnny Juzin just Sort of rhythmed up and just shot over the top of him. Uh, now he's a little bit taller than, than Suggs, so if I were evaluating Jalen Suggs as a prospect, I would say, well, maybe his lack of length, even at, as a good good size as a point guard, is a bit of an issue with him as a one on one defender. But now I don't think it necessarily exposed Gonzaga. It just sort of drove home the point of like, yes, the, the defense is maybe not quite at a top ten level, which is been at times this season, but a lot of that was because UCLA made crazy shots. Now. Taylor has shot makers too, right? Like David Mitchell, Jared Butler, T, uh Meyer. Like those guys make shots too. So it's like it goes to show you, like they're vulnerable, but it also just like inside, of margin for error. It's just it's enormous with their talent level and their uh, their efficiency. Uh,
1: I want to ask you: You watch a ton of NBA. Uh, obviously, Suggs is considered to be a, a top uh, two, three, possibly the top overall pick, depending on I guess who's drafting. Uh, they've got the kid from France who was really good the other night. Kispert's a first-round guy. Yeah. Drew Timmy to me, you know, maybe I just don't, you know, I don't watch as much NBA as you do, so I, you know, I, I understand six ten guy in the NBA is a lot different than it was at one time. But he just seems, I mean, there's a he can have a career in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be your yeah. your top guy, but I mean, there's a guy that can play in my mind ten twelve years of the NBA good. His shot's going to get better. It's not bad now, but he's just yeah. going to do things that you. He's the guy on your roster at six ten. You need to have just to rebound, if anything. I, I think, like I to be clear, I think all of the top
3: six guys on Gonzaga's roster are, are NBA players. And that includes that includes Jusenius is like the crown jewel, and and I, and I see him as the, the number three prospect in the draft behind Case Cunningham and, and and Evan Mobley and Kispert's a guy that could be middle of the first round. I love Joel Ayee. I think he's. Be like a a rookie. He plays so great against UCLA tonight. I think he's going to be a, a rotation guard in the NBA. And I think a guy like Kimmy, like I don't know if that's a guy that can ever start in the NBA. Yeah, but there is still he doesn't have to. <laughs> there's there's still a role for these guys that are six ten and skilled and can score on the block and he can pass too. And he's a great rebounder on both sides of the court. Uh, where you could say like, yeah, Timmy's our backup four or backup five. He comes in, he plays twenty minutes a game. Yeah, he's not very defensively, and I don't think he, I thought he struggled a little bit defensively against, um, against UCLA. That maybe in what the previous question, that is maybe something, if, uh, if ba- if, Butler- if Baylor can get Jerry Butler and Davion Mitchell switched on to Timmy, uh, maybe those guys can get hot and get up against that switch. That's probably something Baylor should try to poke at. But, you know, I think Timmy is a is a pro. He's so efficient. Now, he, granted, he gets to play in an offense that optimizes him, right? Like, he gets to play with two NBA point guards with Thugs and Nembhard. Um, he gets all that great spacing in the middle of Gonzaga's offense. But, like, he's really good. His footwork is excellent. He's finishing is excellent. He's got great hands. Um, I don't think he's, like, an, an explosive athlete by yeah. any chance.
1: Yeah. But he's
3: not, like, a below-the-rim player. I would say he, like, plays to the level of the rim. Um I would rather have Drew Timmy than, like, Luca Garza, uh, the, the big guy from Iowa that's in this. Yeah. also in this sort of, like, you know, can he come, he's such a great college player. Can he come off the bench and, and be, like, an offensive spark in the NBA? Yeah, Timmy's only two years out of high school, too. Like, he's still young. He's still going to be getting better. And I think, you know, like, once he really adds a reliable spot-up three, um, yeah, he's, gonna be, he's already a, a damn good offensive player. He could be even more complete. And uh, that could be a, a real asset for a, for a team in the, on the next level. I think he will play in the NBA.
1: Yeah. All right, Sports Channel Eight's uh, Brian Geisinger, accsports.com. Uh, very quickly, just a, a couple reasons why this happens. Gonzaga wins tonight if Baylor wins tonight if,
3: if Gonzaga wins tonight. I don't think they just like played. If they play their game, Baylor is a big shot. Um, and I, I do think, too, like if Gonzaga gets to go on one of their big or sort of like patented like 10-0, 15-0 runs to start the game, they can just sort of like run away and hide with the lead. Um, they weren't really able to do that against UCLA because the shot making was just so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Baylor to win, you know, Davey Mitchell, who's the best point of attack on ball defender in the country, you know, can he really force Jalen um, Suggs to make mistakes? As great as Suggs is, like, he doesn't have the best handle in the world quite yet. He could be a little turnover prone you know, can he force some turnovers and then can he and Butler go down and, and make shots like it's a make or miss thing? and I really think the UCLA showed the blueprint. Like if you want to beat Gonzaga, you've got to be able to just hit jump shots against them because it's gonna be really tough to slow down that offense. The floor with of that offense is still pretty efficient and they, they can obviously be like all time efficient with the basketball when they're really clicking. So you know if Timmy gets in foul trouble, they really lose some of the guys that can really pressure around the rim. As good as Anton Watson is he's not the scorer. That, that Timmy is in, you know inside 10 feet. So I would say, you know, Mitchell making life miserable for sucks and then just like shot making for guys like Mitchell and Butler was what could really spur on Baylor. But like this should be fun, man. We've been wanting, wanting this matchup for months and months now. These are absolutely the two best teams in the country. I like Gonzaga to win, but it would certainly not shock me to see Baylor just oil everything the undefeated season the history all that stuff with a with uh with a win tonight
1: yeah hey great to talk to you brian appreciate it we'll uh, catch up with you soon sounds good
3: take
1: it easy you too uh there he is accsports.com's brian geisinger they've got an article up on uh, possible landing spots in the acc and uh what have you for Jaden gardner isn't that interesting Okay, uh, here's Ben with an update, then we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Godwin on the PJ Show. Lots of breaking news. Ben, what do you got?
2: plenty to talk about, Patrick. We start part Pirate Baseball as they were able to get the series sweep over Cincinnati over the weekend. EC was able to sweep top honors for the conference. Zalat Makarevich was recognized as the conference's player of the week after hitting 9 for 21 with two home runs and seven RBIs, while Gavin Williams was recognized as the pitcher of the week after notching 13 strikeouts in six innings, only allowing four hits. Just revealed earlier today in the World of College Baseball, the NCAA will have predetermined regional and super regional sites. In this year's tournament, the sites for both rounds will be announced the week of May 10. And bids must be submitted by next Monday. And, of course, match, March Madness concludes tonight as the new NCAA champion will be crowned with tip-off set for 9-20. Top-seeded Baylor Rebel, battle to top-seeded Gonzaga. The current spread has the Gonzaga Bulldogs favored by 4.5 points. The over-under at 159.5. Elsewhere in college basketball, big news out of Chapel Hill. As UNC has decided to hire assistant Hubert Davis as their new head basketball coach. Davis spent the last nine seasons under Roy Williams. and played under Dean Smith from 1988 to 1998. Two. He'll become the first African American head coach in program history. Meanwhile, Front Center alum and NCAA and T guard Tyler May decided to enter the transfer portal. Cincinnati men's basketball coach John Brandon has been placed on paid leave by the university pending an investigation after six Bearcat players decided to transfer. The current accusi- accusation claims that Brandon's coaching style caused a rift between him and the players that caused the athletes to leave. Iowa senior Luca Garza was named the 2021 Nasmith Player of the Year. Loyola Chicago's Porter Moser has become the new head coach of Oklahoma. And in the women's tournament, top seeded Stanford barely holds off third seed Arizona's fifty-four to fifty-three to become the 2021 NCAA champions. Wrapping up the big story from the Carolina Panthers, the Jets are trading quarterback Sam Darnold to the Panthers for a 2021 sixth-round pick and a second and fourth-round pick in 2022. For your 94th year to game sports update, I'm Ben Barman. We return. We we'll have ECU baseball head coach
0: with Godwin miss a moment remember of... there will be a test you can log on to the brand new 94.3 thegamecom for the podcast of the PJ show plus what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe and the latest on the ECU Pirates log on, on today to the brand new 94.3 thegamecom you are dismissed play ball It's time to head inside the ECU Clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94-3, the game. Going back, looking up, see you later! Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin.
1: Certainly it's uh, difficult to win uh, baseball games, every game you play in a week especially, but my gosh, a 5-0 week for the Pirates, uh, that is, uh, that's is—that's unique in the game of college baseball. Cliff Godwin joining us uh, here to uh, go back and uh, relive a lot of it, look ahead to what uh, the Pirates have Schedule-wise uh, this week, Coach Godwin, great to talk to you. Congratulations on uh, a huge week last week for the program.
5: Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me each week, and I appreciate uh, all the kind words.
1: You got a chance to recharge the batteries a little bit on Sunday, too. That was <laughs> What does Cliff Godwin do on a day off like that? Uh, well, my mom came over in the afternoon. She uh,
5: cooked a good Easter meal there you in go. the afternoon. Um, you know I, I slept in a little bit later than I normally do so. <laughs> uh, I worked out yesterday uh, I did not coming to the office for the first time since I don't know when I just tried to not come in the office to make myself do that so yeah, yeah. good to relax a little weather was beautiful so it was a great
1: day well and uh the, the fact that your team won in a variety of ways last week um And completed that uh, week, as we mentioned, with five wins, uh, probably helped you stay out of the office a little bit and and feel good about at least uh, relaxing a little bit for a day, recharging yourself, as I said. I I do want to go back to uh, the game against UNC earlier in the week. I mean, four different or three different four run rallies for your team in in that game. And I think if you just look at it like a classic um, college baseball game, that was a great baseball game.
5: Great baseball game offensively, for sure. I don't know <laughs> right. the pitching was, but you have to win all different types of games, and we, we say this a lot. But there's going to be times when you're down. Um, you know, I, I don't know if any team can do what we did consistently on Tuesday night against Carolina, where you're down four four runs, you tie it up, you get down four again, and then you actually win the game. I think that's tough to do, but. I give all our credit to our kids to just keep scratching and clawing and just keep competing, and, and they did that, and you know we ended up being on the winning side. It
1: was a great effort, uh, and we got to see, uh, you know, AMAC, and you've, you've talked a lot about Makarevich uh, really prior to the season and what a special talent he is, and uh, for him to kind of emerge as one of the heroes of the, uh, of the game Tuesday, that was pretty cool
5: really cool to see you always want guys that do things the right way work extremely hard all of our players do that but he's in the upper echelon of a hard-working program and guys respect him in the way he's gone about his business for two years now so uh, we always preach that hard work guarantees you success it just doesn't guarantee success tomorrow or the next day or even two weeks from now or even maybe a year from now so uh he's been really focused on working hard and good things have happened
1: to them. Pirates have uh, cracked the top ten in a couple polls this week. Coach Cliff Godwin is uh, with us. Memphis is uh, on the clock, and we'll talk a little bit about what the week ahead holds for the uh, Pirates. Uh, ECU's first conference series since 2019, and the Pirates get a four-game sweep of Cincinnati by completing the doubleheader win on uh, Saturday. And uh, the Pirates uh, just hammered the Bearcats in that uh, first game. Uh, It was one of those – it was – Kind of, if I remember, Cincinnati was ahead maybe even. It was, it was you know, th- third, fourth inning. This is a low-scoring game. I had something that took me away from it. I came back. Pirates had blown it open at that point. Uh, and then, obviously, game two uh, with a, a, a 2 nothing uh, victory. And, Coach, the thing I, I kind of take away from those four games was it kind of showed off the, uh, the depth of this program. A lot of guys got to play.
5: They did. Yeah, we started out, I was just looking at the box scores as you were talking, we started out down 3-0, we gave up 2 or 3 in the yeah. top of the second, 4-2 right, right. in the bottom of the second to make it 3-2, and then in the 4th and 5th inning we, we broke it open, but uh, you know, their, their Friday night guy who was the kid that started that game, even though it was Game 3, he had had some shoulder soreness, and he wasn't the same guy, um, and only threw two innings, but... It was a credit to our, our offense Just keep going out there and grinding and winning one pitch at a time. And we were able to get a lot of guys in the game, different guys on the mound, et cetera. So it was uh, big to win that game in seven innings and save your energy level at least for two innings You know where you didn't have to play those extra two, two right. innings for the, two, for the doubleheader.
1: Big blow in that game was uh, the first career homer for freshman Riley Johnson. I mean, it's a grand slam, so he'll always remember that, no matter what. I mean, what a way to have your first collegiate homer, and and it's uh, one with the Saks juice. That's pretty special stuff there.
5: Pretty unbelievable moment, really, to be honest with you, for your first home run to be a grand slam. Yeah. I never hit a grand in my college career, so um, to have it on your first one, that's pretty cool, so um, happy for me. He's been working hard. Uh, you guys can see that He's played a lot recently, and, and really, he's a great player. He's just got to keep believing in himself and understanding that when you're a freshman, you're going to have ebbs and flows, and you're not always going to get a hit, which is the toughest thing to train our players is stop worrying about hits and start worrying about quality of bats because that's going to lead you to success long term. So, But he's done a really good job.
1: We've talked uh, a lot, Coach, about the culture that you've uh, established and then um, the older guys in the program, how they pass down that work ethic and that culture to the younger guys. That's interesting, though. To that, that I mean, that that's a given. You got to do that to play in this program and be a part of it. But now it, it's the quality of bats that gets those nuances of the game. How much of that is um, do, do you have older guys, you know, passing that down to, to younger guys, or is that just kind of strictly a coaching staff thing, or is it a collaborative effort among the older guys on the roster with these younger guys?
5: It's a collaborative effort with our entire coaching staff and our players. I think Thomas Francisco, it would be the ringleader of, you know, making sure guys are focused on the right thing. Um, you know, Seth Cadell has done a good job this year as well, kind of doing the same thing. And we want to continue to, uh, you know, elevate and, and with Ryder and Zach Agnos to continue to be leaders on the field um, and something you got to work on. you know, I actually meet with a lot of our players individually during the week and just talk to them about their leadership skills and how maybe they did something really good or how we could work on something uh, just to educate them with leadership experience so that when they get out into the real world, even when baseball's over, they'll have that leadership experience.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cliff Godwin is uh, with us here. We're uh, inside the Pirate Clubhouse with him on this Monday. Uh, Pirates uh, coming off a uh, sweep of Cincinnati. Great way to start conference play. Uh, depth is something we're talking about, but uh, pitching depth has been there for the Pirates all year. Uh, it was great to have uh, C.J. Mayhew come out again. He gets the week, uh, the game one relief win on uh, Saturday in the doubleheader there. Uh, and then uh, Cam Colmore, the local uh, kid, ended up getting the win in relief in, in game two. <clears throat> as uh, he uh, just continues to kind of thrive in the role of uh, being a, a leader out of the bullpen for the Pirates,
5: Cam did tremendous. You know, he he had kind of lost his the slider there for a week or so, and he uh, mentioned it in his post game. But you know, Coach Dietrich and Coach Knight and him had really worked on it hard the past few days, and really that was the difference maker. His changeup was really good from underneath. Um, he's throwing from two different slots. He was locating, and once again, you know, Cam's been through a lot of different adversity here at East Carolina, and it was not easy for him. And it's just uh, it's great to see a guy that has withstood the test of time and not gone into a transfer portal or not opted out or not doing X, Y, or Z. Just, hey, I want to be an East Carolina Pirate, and I'm going to continue to work hard. And now look at the success he's had over the past two years.
1: Uh, A win for uh, Gavin Williams uh, as uh, he he pitches you through on Friday, and he strikes out a career-high 13. We talked about him and what he did against Elon the Friday night before. Uh, But Gavin Williams uh, has has continued to prove when healthy. I mean, he's a real workhorse for you out there on the mound as a guy that can can pile up a lot of big strikeout numbers.
5: Gavin has been awesome, you know, and all the credit goes to Coach Dietrich Coach Knight, Gavin, their work ethic, with continued to develop him. Uh, Gavin's always had a very high ceiling, and now you see when he can throw multiple pitches for strikes, how tough it can be on opposing teams. And just want him to continue to focus on getting better, stay humble, stay hungry, and do everything he needs to do each day to be ready to go
1: next Friday. It's Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Pirate Baseball coach Cliff Godwin. I'm Patrick Johnson. It's brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services and Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center. Cliff, an extra day this past week with the off day for the holiday Sunday and then today sort of the traditional off day. You gain a day of practice. I would have to imagine that this is going to be a very different week ahead for the Pirates than it has been leading up to this point in the season.
5: Yeah, we're, it'll be different. You know, normally we've been playing on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that gives you another day on top of the Sunday. So guys have gone at it pretty hard. So Sunday, yesterday, complete total off day, no treatments, no nothing. Just go hang out with your families and get off your feet, enjoy uh, the Easter holiday today. They'll back in classes, of course, but they will just lift weights. That's it. Um, today, and then we'll kind of get back into a more normal routine starting tomorrow.
1: With that, not having a game during the week, are there certain things you can utilize the time to work on differently, or how how do you plan to maybe utilize, if you will, that extra time in a given week?
5: Well, We really haven't been able to practice a whole lot because with the NCAA, we have one mandatory off day, which is normally Monday for us, uh, if we're playing on Wednesday Day. If we're playing on Tuesday, then we have a very light, you know, kind of hit the cages, lift weights, but not much going on Monday. Close our class schedules are designed for Monday being our off day. So some guys don't even get to do that. And then, um, you know, you had one real day that you've been able to practice pretty much. So there's not been a lot of opportunity for us to continue to work on like our pickoffs, our rundowns, pop fly communication, stuff like that. So we'll be able to run through those things this week and, and just refreshing um our guys and make sure that they know what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it.
1: So in a way it it's sort of the finer points and some of the finer details of, of I mean in other words the little things I guess you know coaches might would call them that 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 give you an edge. That's it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about there.
5: <laughs> well you gotta be able to execute at a high level. Right, exactly. Did, yeah. You gotta got to work on it, you know, and, and if you don't practice the picks, or you don't practice the bunt defenses, or you don't practice the first and third or the rundowns, then time, I mean, you know, our kids, uh, I would say they have a little less memory than maybe kids did 20 years ago <laughs> just on, all the time, so yeah. you have to refresh their memory on how to do those things. If not, then you're going to wake up and go, God, we're really bad at X, Y, and Z, so no, this is a good week for us to of course give them some rest, but also get back to some of the basics and make sure that we're um, keeping the, the, the ship tight, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I know it's a day-to-day thing, and you want to see the improvement every day. Uh, so we're a couple months into this now. Uh, kind of assess where this team is in your mind.
5: They've done a pretty good job. And, you know, I've spoke to them a few times over the past couple of weeks, and I thought Friday maybe it's been the best game that we played collectively, and then Saturday, two totally different games, but we played unbelievable defense in game four. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the play infielders made, and Riley Johnson's diving catch, just tremendous, um, that will not go down in the box score. But really, they're mine. Like, if we can stay selfless because there's just so many outside sources, opinions, rankings, you know, why aren't you playing – um, that, those things, we, we've got to continue to focus on being selfless and focus on being hungry and humble and just servant leadership. And if we can do that, then we'll be in good shape. But if not, then, you know, we're we're going to lose some games because of some selfishness. And I know that's something that's really hard for humans to deal with. Um, but that's one of our core values is selfless, and we want to focus on that as we continue to move forward. Got gotcha. you
1: uh the we always like to ask you something that's you know a little uh human interest or or kind of off the beaten path here near the end sometimes coach i ask it just throughout the whole interview or to begin with sometimes but but uh, as we have gone through this uh this great uh chat with you each monday uh, i wanted to save this one for the end so we saw the debut of the mop you know we've got the 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 brooms out in uh, the in the jungle there. Now we've got a mop for four game uh, sweeps. Apparently, that, that's new to me. The mop.
5: Well, well Patrick, as you as you uh, started in before you asked the question, I was getting a little bit nervous as you were building this up. <laughs> I question about mop and not, not about something else. I for your goal. I was a little nervous right, right here on, on my – stuff. Uh, look, it's great. Our fans uh, are outstanding. The people in the jungle are outstanding. Um, of course, I love when a broom goes up there, and of course now a mop. If you went for uh, our guys, just need to focus on taking it day by day. You know, the media continues to play up how grueling of a four-game weekend it is. Well, we're not playing midweeks now. I mean, look, right. you could kind of see that last week, but you got to take it one one pitch, one play, uh, one at bat at a time, and you know, if you get tired, we'll get somebody else in there. But it's, you know, um, all about staying in the present moment. That's hard to do. Like it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. And if we just do that, then you don't have to worry about game four. You just worry about the game that you're in. So yeah. that's what we need to do.
1: Yeah. I, I think if you talk to Cliff Godwin, that is uh, inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Godwin, about the news that came down today, Ben, I think he would almost tell you the exact same thing he told you there. Everybody's worried about these four game series. You, you got to win games. I mean, that's just it. You got to, you're going to have to beat some really good teams to get to where this program wants to go. And if you got to go on the road and do it, so be it. They've certainly got the pitching, I think, to go on the road, right?
2: The hitting just needs to be consistent, a little bit more consistent.
1: Perhaps so, but it's shown flashes of explosive. Oh yeah. No doubt about that. But I mean, pitching and defense travel and this team's got that. Doesn't mean that they are invincible, but they've got that. Uh, you were uh, doing a little bit of feverish Panthers research during the uh, that that particular uh, break.
2: Oh, I'm having I'm having an awful time right now. This is it's Why, Sam. Why? Darn- it's Sam Darnold. I get it, Patrick. It's it's Sam Darnold. We traded for a Jets quarterback.
1: I, I look if if you're a Panthers fan, but there's a lot of optimism today. Between Carolina Panthers and Carolina Tar Heel fans. They're just all excited today.
2: Then we got this dummy GM saying that cornerback is going to be their priority going into the draft. Are you kidding me?
1: Apparently it is now. Rebuild the D with a a a first round corner now, Ben. Go ahead and start your study there.
4: We tried to get Zoke
1: on. We tried to get Zoke on, but Zoke is blowing us off. I think you might have offended him with those questions that you would you would ask him.
2: No, he loved my questions. He did was wrong about uh, hey, mike davis
1: i want to um give a quick shout out an r.i.p uh to the great wilbur shirley wilbur's barbecue over in goldsboro and look i know we got great barbecue tradition here in Pitt county but oh wilbur shirley met his maker today so uh r.i.p wilbur uh wilbur's barbecue over there an institution on uh highway 70 going to the beach from uh the raleigh to the beach or if you're going from the beach back to the Raleigh or Goldsboro or whatever. Hey, uh, thanks to Brian Geisinger for being with us today. Also to Cliff Godwin. Great job, as always, by Ben Byram. Vote in our poll. Uh, which one has the most disaster, possibly? Hubert Davis, UNC, Darnold Panthers. We'll see you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson Show. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern.
2: A-F-F-E-T-Y Safety Dance.